Hello, dog. We're on the boulevard. I know. It sounded like you had to scan around to see where we were. <laughs> I did. I had to think I, about I'll try it and a be minute. a bit more clear-eyed about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, which is, I mean, a good way to sum up everything about the state of where we are in life and in the world. But yes, right now, right here, we're on the boulevard guiding you through the best and the maybe less than best of pop culture things. Um, We took a week off last week. We had some life scheduling issues going on. In short, Karen had to drive her family to a vacation that they were taking without her. Sorry, Karen, but here we are. (laughs) Like, So, yeah. So, so one of the things I told Karen that I wanted to do this week, um, because the Academy Awards are upon us, is to talk about a couple more of the movies I hadn't yet gotten to. And as it turns out, I think all of the ones that I'd not yet spoken about are frontrunners to actually win on Sunday. So I, I need, I want to kind of get them in. And Karen said there's one that she can talk about too. And I have a prediction in my head about what one of them is. So um, we can do one of two ways uh, from two different sides. I can just start talking film by film and you can raise your hand when you're like, that's the one. Or you can just start talking and I'll let you know if it's the one I think in my head is the one you could you watched and could talk about okay so then you start and i guess you gotta let me know though if it was the one in your head i will i won't be shy okay uh i'm gonna start with one that i don't think is that one though the power of the dog on definitely not that one that's okay that's that that clues me in i don't even like the title of that one what is this one about uh, well, the title is a biblical reference, so that won't give you a good idea what the movie is about. Um, the movie is uh, set in Montana in the 20s. I think it's 1925 in um, the kind of gruesome Old West. And um, there are, Kirsten Dunst is a young widowed mother um, to a, you know, I guess, I don't know what language is controversial or not but i'll say like in a feat young son um and she ends up meeting two brothers um who come from a wealthy uh family of of ranch owners um and they're played by benedict cumberbatch and jesse plemons and Mm -hmm. jesse plemons is the more erudite gentlemanly of the two um and he takes a liking to kirsten dunst and they marry um and and the the more rube like brother Phil that is played by uh Benedict Cumberbatch um really takes umbrage at this pairing uh, of his brother bringing the Kirsten Dunst character into his life and he really starts making life very difficult for uh her character and and she starts to succumb to to his um the way it means of unsettling her uh and for i think for the first time starts drinking and mm. becomes an alcoholic and the problem continues to grow uh meanwhile she is now able to afford uh, to send her son away to school he has a lot of uh medical knowledge and is going to be a doctor and then at some point the son played by Cody Smith McPhee, who I first saw as a child actor in the film adaptation of the road about 13 
12, 13 years ago. Okay. Um, he returns uh, and develops an odd sort of apprentice relationship with Benedict Cumberbatch's character. Okay. And we start to see a slightly different side of that character uh, and learn a bit more about him. Okay. I think what I think what people are largely taken by, and I should say this is adapted from a, a novel from the 1960s and directed by Jane Campion, uh, who wrote one of my favorite, directed one of my favorite movies of all time, The Piano, who I think is a really great, she unique ain't no slouch. director. Yes, yeah, um, no But a trend that I've noticed of her later works, including Bright Star and The Top of the Lake, miniseries that she did for the Sundance channel is that her works tend to be like really well crafted, beautifully shot, beautifully framed, very kind of uh, metaphorical in scope. But there's something kind of oblique, something kind of aloof about them. So I was able to sort of follow the plot to its end, which includes what I think some people consider a reveal. And I just think is, a necessary part of the plot. Um, th- I I could f- I could intuit this film from a very like mental cerebral standpoint. I knew what was going on. I knew that these were, you know, I knew like she was setting up something that kind of subverts the old sort of cowboy ritual and had things to say about you know, loneliness and sexuality and repression and that I knew where the plot was going, but I never felt anything in my heart. There, like, there was no Mm. visceral touch here, as opposed to, say, early works like not just the piano, but her first movies, Sweetie, An Angel at My Table. There's something missing. And I think what's missing here as adapted is a truly central character because ultimately each character is either somehow on the periphery or a cipher. No one whose head we actually get to get inside of, and no one, at no point does it become clear that there is a specific journey we are meant to follow. Okay. Um, so I don't want to give anything away. I'm, I'm deliberately not saying any of kind of like the later plot developments that take place. And, you know, I think the cast is largely very good. Um, but they're all sort of off doing their own thing. I actually think, and I like her a lot. I think Kirsten Dunst is kind of hamstrung by this film. I don't quite believe her, especially as someone who is struggling with, uh, alcoholism and, and seems to be really undercut by things the, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch character is doing. Um, I just, I get, I get a sense that the story Jane Campion is telling has come to an end, but I don't get the sense that any journey that I'm supposed to be following has come to a conclusion. And I think one of the things you have to do as a writer, you don't have to follow a specific formula, but you have to tell your audience when you have begun a ride and have to tell your audience when that ride is done emotionally. Mm. And I don't think this does that. And I understand I'm in the minority. I understand cineasts all over the world are like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Certainly this year, it's the most nominated film. And Jane Campion is poised to, barring an upset, at least win Best Director. Um, I wanted to love this movie. I wanted to appreciate the shit out of it from top to bottom. And I, I could only respect it 
huh. like okay. intellectually. It okay. is on Netflix. It is free if you ever want to watch it. Not just you, but anyone. And I recommend it. And we are probably going to do another watch just to see if we didn't pick up on anything or were somehow just too cynical. Um, I It just doesn't rise to me as the, the greatest work that I know Jane Campion is capable of, but I do think Jane Campion is great. So I'm happy for her if she ends up getting Best Director, particularly to have that distinction. Incidentally, uh, if she gets Best Director, she'll be the third woman, but the second woman in a row to win that, which is which is neat. That is neat. Um, the film that crazily seems to be emerging as the biggest rival for Best Picture and for best uh, screenplay uh, with Power of the Dog mm-hmm. is Coda on Apple Plus. I still need to watch that. That is one that is on my list of, of I need to watch and I just haven't been able to. That was the one I thought you had seen. No, it's not. Well, well I just, we'll I I just realized I, saw, I actually saw two. Uh, but I didn't... I saw... Okay, so... I saw one Best Picture nominee and one that's not a Best Picture nominee but does have other um, nominations. Other nominations. Yeah. So we'll get to those. And they may be some I've talked about before, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Coda is like a frustrating thing for me to talk about because I find it hard to to have to say like the next five sentences I want to say without sounding like a grade A asshole. Okay. And I know me. I've met me. I don't think I'm an asshole. I don't think I don't think Coda is a very good film. Oh, why? Coda. Coda is about a family. So it's two deaf parents played by Marley Matlin and Troy Kotzer. They have two children, an older son who is also deaf and then a hearing daughter who is in her senior year of high school. Um, and so it's an anagram for a child of deaf adults. That's what the main character, the daughter is. Um, the, representation is important it's important that we continue to have more movies made about hearing impaired characters living lives and and that their lives are connected to being you know like hearing impaired and and in some ways where it's not related at all but the plot and this is an adaptation of a french film um that i've not seen and think was only like had only a mediocre reception. Uh, it just feels like a really underbaked plot that then grabs and and reaches for your heartstrings every chance it can in a way that like the show This Is Us did that I also kind of rejected and and found manipulative. The thing is, the parents in this movie are just bad parents. And we meet them at a point where it's like they've just met their kids and realized that like their daughter might want to do something different than what they have decided they were going to have them be for the rest of their lives. She decides she's in love with music and wants to sing. And they live in New England. Um, they have a like small fishing business. Um, there's a, you know, they're a small town clan. And she wants to go to the Berkeley Music School 
in Boston, the Berklee College of Music. And so it follows her journey, uh, like her own sort of rebellion from the family, which as she decides she wants to leave the nest and they've decided that that she should never leave the nest. And it's just, the family just feels like they met their kids the same time we meet them, that they never yeah. put any thought into how these kids would emerge or evolve or what the world would be for them or, or what eventual obstacles they might have as parents. Um, and, I mean, we said it as we watched it, and I've seen other people say this later. It feels like a real kind of after-school special. It feels like something you'd see on ABC Family, something that is not an offensive film. It's just kind of lower-hanging fruit than the kind of caliber film that typically enters into an Oscar conversation. And I know that whole thing, like, the awards conversation taints things. I, I just think this film... It sets a lower bar for itself. Um, as the father, I don't think Troy Kotzer has a lot to do. I think he's fine in it. He's not outstanding. He's not he's not doing anything bad or wrong. He's apparently the front runner for supporting actor, and I just don't know that there's anything that salutatory about it. That's me. I don't come from a place of ill will toward anyone involved in this film. I like that people like it, but you know, like I've I've watched high art for a long enough period of time that I just can't apply that label to this film. And it's a tricky time right now with all of our culture wars to say that, but but that is that is heartless me, I guess, trying to say that. I feel I like I've lost you. I don't think you're heartless. Um it just I, I, I just think it's a kind of weak movie and it, the, that that it's kind of entered the conversation with so many people vociferously declaring it one of the great movies they've seen. I'm like, we all are watching movies different than I watch movies now. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't there always kind of one every Oscar, like an issue movie? Right? Well, the, well, yeah. And we have like eight of those this year, but, um, even a lot of the like issue movies of the past, I would say, still at a higher caliber than this. Mm. Like this I, I makes need... you this makes you feel good, I think, to watch it, and that's nice. It's it's great to watch movies that elicit that kind of response, right? But you can you can be like a C or C plus movie that people still feel good having seen, and this is kind of that. Okay. Well, I need to um, I, I I need to watch it because it's it was filmed locally, so there yeah. are a number of local actors in yeah. it like that. So, um, but I, you know, it just yeah. And and I fault no one in the cast; they are not the problem. Um, that's 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 not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to go after this movie with an axe. I'm really trying to be very gentle. I'm just. I, it's 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 just not a great movie but it's but it's a sweetly made movie in its own right and i want to mention the two actors that play the kids uh amelia jones is the lead uh ruby and daniel durant who is a deaf actor uh who i have seen on stage uh and who's very good 
uh, he plays the older brother, which is a character that I wish had a significant uh, amount more development. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on now to another one that I don't think you've seen that seems <laughs> to be emerging as a best actress frontrunner, The Eyes of Tammy Faye with Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker. I did not see that. Um, I mean... Oh no! <laughs> She's good. It's it's a little over the top. The makeup is even a little over the top. Of course, it's over the top. It's Tammy Faye. But I like in ways that I'm not even sure are quite accurate. Um, but like you know, this is like I Tanya was. This is uh, this is a redemption story where they're basically making Tammy Faye an innocent that. Like she was never, she was never hornswoggling anyone or using religion to further, you know, like her own pocketbook. Um, they make Jim Baker, who's played by Andrew Garfield, kind of like the bad guy, and uh, Falwell, Jerry Falwell, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Like they like really embody like the true like right wing Bible belting baddies, and she was just someone who sort of like got caught up with it by her zealousness and you know i don't agree with it i don't think it's accurate but but you know they uh they they hone in on the fact that in some of her later years tammy faye was a very big ally for the gay community so so they lean in on the things that were good about tammy faye and uh, the script is very cagey about things that were you know like less pleasant um, and so in the end, it becomes a fairly superficial movie. And Jessica Chastain, who I like, who I think is very good um, in general, is doing some big schmacting here. Um, <laughs> schmacting. <laughs> but, you know, this is kind of where we are. I like her more than I do Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana and uh, what's her name? Nicole Kidman as Lucy. Um, so I guess I'll take it. Um, also, I should mention another uh, biopic. Will Smith, I think, is a lock for best actor for King Richard as Serena and Venus Williams' dad. I mean, okay. you know, he was dad to a bunch of people. It's not a particularly great movie. It's not a particularly subtle movie. It is a feel-good movie. Um, I don't think I talked about it. The one thing that caught me by surprise was how it's really about Venus and Serena's early years before the world at large knew of them it's not about their triumphs um it's also not even about when one of their sisters was killed um in a random act of of violence uh which could have been a big thing for will smith to play it's really set in the early to mid 90s as he is doing everything he can to to carve a career for his daughters as tennis prodigies um I mean, I don't think it's a smart script. I don't think it's a particularly well edited movie. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think a lot about it. But you know, we love the Williams family in the world, and Will Smith has been around for thirty years, and somehow that that seems to be enough. So I think. I think these are a lot of our <laughs> um, statuette holders to be come Sunday night. Wow. Uh, so of those, you know, I think King Richard is an okay movie. Eyes of Tammy Faye is an okay movie. Coda in its in its own right is an okay movie. So by comparison, I'm Team Power of the Dog. 
Wow. All the other movies I loved, like Belfast and Licorice Pizza and Nightmare Alley, don't really seem to be factoring in at all. There's a chance Kenneth Branagh will win original screenplay for Belfast, so I'm I'm uh, holding to that. And um, West Side Story could potentially come in and uh, upset in picture or Spielberg for director. I don't see it happening, but I see it winning supporting actress for Ariana DeBose. Um, the same role that Rita Moreno won her Oscar for 60 years ago. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. I'm too much of a loyalist to the original. Um, but I have met Ariana DeBose in life. So if that happens, good for you, girl. You worked you worked your career and your campaign out well. Okay. Which means I don't think I have talked about the film you have seen. Okay, so I saw two. That we haven't talked about, but I think that I, that we haven't talked about me saying, but I think we did talk about. Maybe the we other talked about film. it earlier before you had seen it. Yeah. So okay, I finally saw Nightmare Alley. Oh, you did. Oh, cool. Because it's what on the, like all of the streamings. Yeah, and what the fuck? Um, like you that, hated it? Like you thought it was weird or what? I really did not like it. I really did not like it, and I thought that it was. Um, I don't know. It just was really disappointing. It was. It, it it went from being this sort of depression era carny dusty kind of you know dust bowl era movie which i was kind of digging because like i don't know if you remember that hbo series carnival oh yeah yeah oh. i loved it yeah so i was kind of like ready for that right and then it became this like weird ass noir, like film noir yeah. thing. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just honestly did not enjoy it. And I just, and I was, conf- I was kind of confused and I was kind of bored. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a disappointment. And then, um, and I saw Spencer. Oh, okay. I'm curious about that. Well, I mean, I'm just curious about Nightmare Alley too, but um, yeah. what do you think of Spencer? I actually thought that Kristen Stewart was pretty good. Um, I've only seen her in Twilight. And I hated Um, that movie and her performance so much that I have gone out of my way to avoid anything else that she's ever done. Um, And so I was actually pleasantly surprised by her performance in this. I thought the movie was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, yeah, I've seen some of the, I guess I want to say indie movies, but I think when I say that, I mean the French movies that Kristen Stewart has done, or the French directors that she's worked with post-Twilight after the whole series wrapped. And so I know that she's capable of a bit more than that, and that she has grown a bit based on working with some of those other guys. Um, I think the movie is a, a just like a big kind of dookie mess um and i don't think that helps her i don't think she's great but i don't think she but i but i certainly could see her having come a long way from the twilight movies um in in spencer i mean yeah i just don't love the movie no i mean you know first of all i did not well first of all i didn't realize that it only took place over one holiday weekend right like that i had no i didn't realize that going into it so I was like, God, this is moving real slow. Like, you know, like, yeah, you're like, guys, we have years to get through. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. You know, sort of not. So so having it over one weekend was painfully slow. There were moments where it was, okay, so one of the things that I thought was interesting 
um, is that when, when you're watching it and there's sort of like this behavior of the royal family that you're kind of like, you know what I mean? And then you sort of realize that we're looking at the royal family through her eyes. Ergo, yeah. some of the more stylized things, some of the things that seemed a little arch were probably, oh, we're looking at it through her eyes and that's why... It, it's it's that's why this is what it is and i was like right, right yeah why it's all kind of tilted yeah 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 why it's tilted exactly and so and so i thought that was really kind of having that realization and being like okay okay then i can settle in for this but then they kind of made her crazy and yeah, I was it like, becomes like a psychological thriller or it wants to be and i was yeah. like if you had pushed it way further like really tilted it off its axis Okay, then you probably would have had me. But it's like, you just picked a few select moments where it becomes Jane Eyre, and it's like a gothic kind of thing. And then you abandon it and go back into sort of like the the real world of how things were there. And I also think that that did a disservice to Diana. Yeah, I I, I think so too. You know, where, because I mean, yes, I think that she had, she was bulimic. She obviously had some sort of, you know, she was dealing with some sort of mental illness, but she was also very smart and she. And was mistreated. Like was mistreated by others. Yeah. Yeah. Mistreated by her husband. Certainly. But I, but she was smarter than that. Like she was able to turn that mistreatment kind of around and she was a triumph. In terms of yeah, she you, figured you know out how I mean? to reinvent her life. Yeah, she reinvented. That's exactly it. She reinvented her life, and I don't think that. And I, I felt like the portrayal of her over this the course of this weekend, I just felt was like really unfair to kind of okay, like you know, it's saying that it drove her mad. Well, I don't think it drove her mad so much yeah, as I think and it. it I like, don't know. No, I I agree, and it also kind of frames her as more of a victim. Yes. Then, a I think she really was, and I mean, well, I'd like to, I'd like to frame it in terms of her being a survivor, not a victim, and the movie makes it like, oh, she was really undone by by everything. When there's more to that story. The, yeah, the, the one they tell us. Yeah, so it was yeah. So that that was actually a real disappointment, especially after watching The Crown, which I think is so well done. Yeah, and then to really sort was. of you know turn around and watch this, and I was kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, that I thought was supremely disappointing. I I kind of liked the um portrayal of the servants in particular the the i don't know if she was Was sally hawkins lady in waiting yeah Um, you know i thought that that was kind of that that was sort of like the moment of i she should have been nominated for something to be honest yeah and i love her i think she's always great and i said you know what they're going to ignore her in this movie but she's kind of one of the best things about it yeah and I i felt like she was really pivotal and she was important an important character and apparently i guess she was actually based on a real person and so i suppose she was that's what i read seems like she was important in diana's life too um so 
I don't know. I just I, I also was, think bleh. part of the deal with the movie is if you don't know anything of from real life before this pivotal weekend and I think 91 and you don't really know all of the things that happened after then it doesn't really make sense like you are reliant on the movie to tell you things and it's only giving you half the story or a third of the story and I think that's unfair right right well I mean I I think that colors because I think that colors your perception not just of the royal family but of of who and how she is when we meet her right and I guess that that is making an awfully big assumption right on the part of the filmmakers that you already know who this person is i think so like i get and i don't fault them for saying okay we're going to show you a very important small period of her life that sort of redefined her marriage uh to prince charles um but you but we're going to give it to you without context and we're also going to not make it fully realistic so you can't always trust the story we're telling, but trust us and come along right. for the ride. <laughs> but trust us. Yeah. yeah. Give us your full attention and we will sometimes reward it. It's kind of how I feel about that. Right. So, yeah, so, those yeah. are my Oscar movies. Look at me. Look at me go. And, of course, we know that I've already seen Don't Look Up. I hope that that wins. I like that one. Yeah, uh, you know, Alyssa and I talk about that. We're like, well, at least we had fun watching that from start to finish. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't. I I thought it was it was a it was a fun movie to watch. Yeah, and and sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I just want that for a bit. Truthfully, I mean, I really do. I I you know I I mean, and again, like I kind of felt bad not liking Spencer because it had all of the trappings of independent film, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, and and you know that sort of like the that like you're saying like that gothic thing and like that is sort of like very stylized. Um, some of the scenes were incredibly stylized and moving from like more naturalism into stylized moments. So it just it it was if I felt like it had like that heavy-handed indie cred going on. Yeah. No, that so. that's how I felt. Yeah. I'm going to talk about one movie that's not an Oscar candidate that's that you won't hear nominated next year. Um, but I watched it because it was available for streaming. Um, and I really liked it. So I'm going to end on a positive note. And you may doubt everything that you have heard me say for the last half hour after I tell you that we watched the latest Scream movie. Ooh, how was it? I loved it. I love all of them. I, th- I mean, I truly think the first and the second ones are, are great movies. This one is still good. We really, really? liked it. And, and Alyssa is probably a tougher sell on it than I am. And she thought it was really good. Uh, you know, they they make it so that it's a quote-unquote requel. So they can introduce all these new characters that have ties to our established canonical characters. The ones played by Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell and David Arquette. Um and then there are a thousand meta things that talk about how we watch movies, how we make sequels to movies, how we reboot movies now um, that aren't shy about calling attention to themselves and yet I think remain clever. And I think the movie is pretty taut. I think the script is actually still surprising in in its own way. I, I really liked it. And I make it a point of not spoiling myself on these movies 
this is the fifth one. So they had like the original three came out, boom, boom, boom. And then in like 2011, the fourth one came out. I didn't see it in the theater. I waited almost a full year till I saw it, but I had never spoiled it for myself. And I liked it. And I made a point of not spoiling it when this new one came out in theaters. And two months later, it was released on Paramount+. And we watched it. And I was like, I'm so glad. Now, there's some things I can figure out for myself. There's some things I can predict accurately, but not all of them. Um, and I was like, I'm really glad because it made the the viewing experience better for not knowing some of the things. And there are some nice surprises and um, Easter eggs. And they get in a nice tribute to director Wes Craven, who died a few years ago, and who created, who directed uh, the the first uh, couple in the franchise, um, and the movie lover in me that was, you know, like catnip, because I love oh. horror, I love horror comedy when it's done right, and um, to me that was done pretty smart, and everyone who showed up I thought was pretty good. All right, well, so that good. to me is a recommend. If you if you liked any of the Scream movies, then I, I loved the original Scream. I um, loved, yeah, it. I yeah. love. I'm at some point I should I should rewatch it because uh, I really do. I think it's smarter than it still gets credit for. Um, and just to tie it back into our sibling podcast, Scream Three includes uh, a performance by Kelly Rutherford, who was Megan on Melrose Place. Yeah. None of them are in this that. one. I can only I can only tie things together so much, but yeah, I, but, didn't, I don't know that I knew that. No, I would I would be shocked if you had. I feel like I watched Scream Three though, but maybe I never made it to Scream Three. Maybe I just got Scream One and Scream Two. Oh, oh wait, I can do another odd tie. Um, Scream Two begins with a scene with Jada Pinkett Smith. We'll see her at the Oscars standing next to <laughs> standing next to, to, Will. to be crowned best actor. And that scene is spoofed in scary movie. I think maybe scary movie two. And the actress playing that part is Regina Hall, who is one of the Oscar co-hosts this year. Oh. So just a little arithmetic for you. Uh, no, does Will Smith have an Oscar already? He does, he, right? No, he doesn't, which oh, is I think doesn't. why this is his year. Oh, Okay. Because he was nominated. Wasn't he nominated before? He has been nominated before. He won for, or excuse me, was nominated for playing Ali. And then he did that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. That's what it was. Um, was And so he was nominated for both of those. Okay. All right. But he hasn't won. But he never won. Oh, yeah. This could be his. So I, yeah, I think so. Well, who else is he up against? So Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. And Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, no, that probably that, that's gotten kind of zero buzz. Yeah, so the buzz has only been for him, but not the film. There just doesn't seem to be enough momentum there. Right. And oh, Denzel's uh, on here. Denzel for the Macbeth movie that I talked about, and Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Yeah, I think it doesn't I like think, the, the path mm, seems to be clear. Yeah, I think Cumberbatch is probably his biggest challenge. I think if right? there's any other way, the like a majority of the votes will go, it'll be with Cumberbatch. But I think this is Will Smith's. Um, and Beyonce is nominated for singing the song for, for writing the song from the movie. But it actually, if I listen to my expert fiance, she thinks it's between Lin Manuel Miranda for his song from Encanto, which would make him an EGOT, or Billie Eilish for her theme song to the Bond film, No Time to Die. And she leans toward Billie Eilish. 
I say Billie Eilish. I hope Eilish. it's Billie Eilish. I hope it's Billie Eilish. I like her um, a lot. You know what's crazy is that for 50 years, not a single Bond song ever won the Oscar for Best Song. And now each of them keeps winning. Okay, so here's a question. Who do you think is going to get Best Actress? I'll say Jessica Chastain. For Who a long time, I was saying it was going to be Nicole Kidman. I'm, mm. I'll go with Jessica Chastain. Because I don't think it's going to be Case Stu. No. And for a long spell, I thought she was an early front runner and I thought it was going to be her. And then the tide seemed to turn. She didn't win the Globe. She didn't get a SAG nomination, uh, which doesn't bode that great. Um, But she still got in for the Oscar nomination. Uh, Originally, I said, I think Nicole Kidman has the heat and she was doing the loudest campaigning. But Jessica Chastain won the SAG and she seems to really be out there and people are really liking this uh, Tammy Faye Baker redemption arc that she's mm. done and she's saying and doing all the right things you know the Oscars have said because ABC has forced the Academy to make some changes that they're announcing eight awards before the ceremony Yeah, and Jessica Chastain has said that she's not going to walk the red carpet she's just going to go in early and support those nominees because the Tammy Faye movie is likely going to take the makeup award too so you know she's saying and doing all the right things and I think I think either yesterday or today was the final day of voting. It, voting started relatively late and she was saying and doing all these smart things while voting was happening. And I think that has probably endeared her to voters more. Interesting. Okay. Cause I was, what, but so Olivia Coleman, not a chance. I love her. So oh much. no, I think she does have a chance. I thought she had a chance, a greater one perhaps earlier. Um, I love her. I think she's excellent. I think she's very good in The Lost Daughter, which is a so-so movie. Um, but she hasn't been out there um, campaigning. Yeah, really. she hasn't, has she? And I think that is the name of the game. So yeah, and she has, and she won three years ago. So That's, I okay. We don't need true, to. We don't need to that. cry for her. If I had to give it based on performance, I think the best performances in this category are Olivia Coleman and Penelope Cruz. Um, but I also think. That, that, they're off living in Europe and doing only a limited amount of campaigning. So right, um, and that doesn't so think necessarily get you. It won't Oscar. resonate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So God, we'll I feel I feel so on top of this year's Oscars because I've seen like three movies. <laughs> Usually I don't give a shit. <laughs> Usually I, I I so don't give a shit, and I never watch it. Like I'll catch up with it like years later, you know. I'm trying to think what the movies are that I will continue watching in the future. Uh, uh, Belfast is probably the only one. I need to see that. I definitely want to see I that. Do. One. I do. I, I highly recommend it. And um, and I and like I mentioned, I loved the worst person in the world, the the Norwegian film. But uh, yeah, I, that, I, further down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I recommend Scream. So there you go. Okay. All right. It's Scream 5, but I think the title is just Scream. So just say Scream. I will say Scream. Um, so, yeah, this has been great. I've... <laughs> educational, I hope. <laughs> educational and entertaining. Edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah, I've got to I've got to get ready to go to the airport. <laughs> yeah. Now, now Karen has to play chauffeur and pick up her family from the vacation they took sans her. <laughs> from the- in fairness, <laughs> someone had to stay home with the dogs. Just, just saying, it, it's unfair, but it's okay. Yeah, somebody had to stay with the dogs, and I did go to New Orleans 
and Los Angeles last year. But those weren't necessarily, I mean, college, college visits. They were college Plus. visits. They were, I mean, LA was fun because I saw friends and New Orleans is New Orleans and New Orleans is always fun. But it wasn't like lay by the pool and not do any, like, do you know what I mean? Like not, not. Yeah, like, I know exactly. It's a different you know, kind of vacation. Yeah. Like you got, like you got to do the stuff you wanted to do and not feel rushed and not be like, but we have to be here tomorrow. We have to be here the next day. You know what I mean? Like you could just be like, oh, and today I feel like sitting by the pool instead of by the ocean. Yeah. You know, it's just a little different. Yeah. Well, maybe next time around, all of you can go somewhere. I'm hoping to make it to Italy next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Aim high. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But that's what I'm hoping for. So Italy in 2023. Yeah. Everybody that's put that vibe out. Put that vibe out. Um, all right, then. You have to go to the airport. <laughs> I know. I'm so tired. I just and you're already t- So uh, <laughs> Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah. To all involved. <laughs> And guys, we'll see how my predictions went. Um, We will catch you next week. We hope you continue to stay well. And if there's anything else uh, you want us to weigh in on, do let us know. Take care till then, and we will see you back on the boulevard. Bye.